Folk tales are stories passed down from generation to generation, like fables with talking animals, fairy tales with magic, tall tales with huge exaggerations, even scary stories are considered folk tales. Come on, try a little, nothing is forever. Got to be something better than in the middle. Me and Cinderella, put it all together, we can drive it. You can accept it or be stupid and be a skeptic. Unconceivable, unbelievable, unidentified flying objects. Welcome to Episode 7, Season 5 of the I Want to Believe Podcast. I'm Nomar Slavik. And I'm Kyle Sawyer. And I'm coming to you today with some uh, solo hosting duties for this episode. Yeah, that's right. So, a long time ago, in the 19th century, there was a man named Jack Johnston. He was a lumberjack from the small town of Millinocket, Maine. One Sunday morning while fishing, he found that he was unable to catch anything. He became so distraught that he ended up cursing everything around him. This included the land, God, and Satan. After his tirade, he felt a tug on his line. Kyle will tell you the whole story in a moment. Before we jump into the episode, I did want to give a reminder that all of our I Want to Believe social media and email are in the show notes. My brand new book, We Only Come Out at Night, is now available for purchase. This book is a collection of short horror stories and can be found online at slevicstore.company.site or at the Greenhand Bookshop in Portland, Maine. Just check the show notes for that link and much more. All right, let's get into the story of the devilfish and the lumberjack. Both mythology and folklore in basic terms are a form of storytelling, perhaps the most ancient forms of narrative we have available to us today. The creatures, spirits and deities of folklore almost just exist without this need for a religious or cosmic connection. Folk tales are told on a much smaller scale and often tend to be exclusive to a specific village, town, or city. In the book, Haunted Maine, Ghosts and Strange Phenomena of the Pine Tree State, author Charles A. Stansfield Jr. related a folktale about Jack Johnston. The story goes that Johnston was considered an outcast, not only from his own family, but the town of Millinocket as well. It is thought that this was partly due to him being a curmudgeon, nor did he care for rules and law. However, during such puritanical times, he also didn't much care for church. In fact, he made fun of anyone who did. Johnston didn't believe in God and didn't care who knew. He also liked to go fishing on Sundays while everyone else was in church. Despite his fondness for catching fish, he wasn't a particularly patient person, and on one Sunday morning, as he stood at the lake's shore, he became frustrated by the fish not biting. He cursed the lake, he cursed the fish, he cursed his fishing rod. 
Being an irreligious person, he cursed God and finally for good measure, he even cursed Satan. As soon as he invoked the devil's name, he felt a tug on his line. Finally, he thought, I've got a bite. Whatever was on the other end was big, and it nearly pulled Jack into the lake. But with a lot of work, he reeled in the fish. When he saw it, he gasped in horror. The fish was hideous. It was longer than a man's arm and had huge, bulging red eyes. Sharp fangs filled its mouth, and its sinuous black body exuded a noxiously smelling slime. It was a monster. Jack briefly thought of bringing the creature home to cook, but it was too revolting even for a surly lumberjack to eat. Instead, Jack tossed the devil fish into a farmer's well as he walked by. Good riddance, said Jack without a backward glance. Jack thought that that was the end of the story, but it was not. Shortly after Jack disposed of the fish, people in Millinocket began to notice the livestock was going missing at night. At first it was small animals like chickens or piglets, but soon calves and goats began to disappear. People thought it might be a feral dog or maybe even a wolf that had crept down from Canada, but those theories were soon put to rest. Several people said they had seen a hideous snake-like fish crawl out of a well every night to seek out prey. Fearing for their livelihoods, local farmers tried to appease the devilfish by throwing food down the well. It didn't work. The creature just grew larger and hungrier, and it continued its nighttime hunting. At some point, there wouldn't be any livestock left in town, and people were worried that the creature would begin eating humans. Jack had told some of his lumberjack cronies about the hideous fish the day he caught it, and word spread through town that he was responsible for the monster's reign of terror. An angry mob came to Jack's house one night and demanded that he rectify the situation. Fearing for his safety, Jack agreed to kill the fish. But how was he supposed to kill a supernatural demon fish? He couldn't go to the local minister for advice, so instead he went to an elderly wise woman. The woman didn't even bat an eye as Jack told his fantastic story. When he was finished, she dug around in a big trunk and pulled out a strange looking sword. That fish is no ordinary fish, she said. It was sent by the Prince of Darkness himself when you cursed him on the Sabbath day. But this is no ordinary sword. It can dispatch even the most ferocious of demons, but there's a catch. After you kill the demon, you must kill the next thing you see. If you don't, the devil will drag you down to hell. Sounds good, lady, Jack said, reaching for the sword and headed to the well. On his way, he bought a chicken from a local farmer. When he reached the well, he tied the chicken to a nearby tree. His plan was to kill the chicken after he slew the devilfish, thereby keeping his soul from the devil's clutches. The devilfish finally emerged from the well shortly after sunset. It was ten times larger than it had been when Jack caught it. When it saw Jack, it emitted a hideous roar and rushed towards him. 
Jack raised the sword and with a single blow chopped off the monster's head. The creature emitted grotesque bile as its body twitched on the ground. It was dead. Before he could turn to kill the chicken, Jack heard a familiar voice. Jack, my son, you killed the monster! Jack turned reflexively and saw his father, coming to congratulate him for saving the town. Jack groaned. Unless he killed his father, his soul would be dragged to hell. Jack was not a nice person, but he was not a murderer. With a sigh, he put down the sword, fell to his knees, and then collapsed on the ground lifeless. The devil had taken him. And that's the tale of the devilfish and the lumberjack. New England folklore consists of the myths and legends including the region's mythical creatures, traditional recipes, urban legends, and folktales. On the New England Folklore blog, writer Peter Muse wrote about the potential origins of this folktale. He wrote, quote, there are some interesting things about this story, other than a monstrous devilfish. Some aspects of it are clearly based on classic New England folklore. The Sabbath breaker who gets into supernatural trouble is one of them, as is the antisocial lumberjack. I've read quite a few stories about cursed lumberjacks, lumberjacks who make deals with the devil, etc. It's a common theme. Some aspects make it seem more like a classic fairy tale. The witch and the magic sword are two of them. But the one that really struck me was Jack needing to kill the first thing he sees. He thinks it'll be an animal, but it turns out to be a human. A similar motif appears in several classic Grimm's fairy tales. In The Nixie of the Mill Pond, a man promises a water spirit whatever has just been born on his farm. He thinks it will be a calf, but finds out his wife has just given birth to a son. In The Girl with No Hands, a farmer promises the devil whatever is standing behind his barn thinking of his apple tree, but finds his daughter is there instead. The motif isn't just limited to the Brothers Grimm. In the Estonian fairy tale, The Grateful Prince, a king lost in the woods promises the old man who guides him home the first thing that comes out of his palace gate. The king thinks it will be his faithful dog that greets him every day, but wouldn't you know it, his wife had just given birth and his infant son is carried out of the gate first. I suspect the Millinocket Devilfish is a literary folktale that someone created based on classic New England themes with a little bit of Grimm's fairy tales thrown in. Still, it's a good story and I'm glad Stansfield included it in his book. Who doesn't like stories about monstrous snakefish that live in wells? End quote. I don't think I could have said it any better. And that's what we've got for episode 7. Both Nomar and I will talk to you in episode 8. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Kyle Sawyer. Cute little creepy folk tale. Is that supposed to say of not only a locally fa local family? Yeah. We'll just say whatever makes you comfortable. Can you do that line one more time. Yep. I'd like to read most of that over again. <laughs> hey, well, yeah, just start again with as soon.
Both Nomenar. Nomenar? Nomenar? Both Nomenar? Yeah, yeah, see? Voice.